Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. You have no idea how great it is to hear that yelled back at me. It has been literally two years since we were able to say this all together. Now, last night for the Easter Vigil, we heard the customary Easter Vigil homily of St. John Chrysostom. And like his name suggests, Chrysostom means golden mouth. His words were gold. If you weren't there, or even if you were, let me repeat some of these words now. You who have kept the fast, and you who have not, rejoice this day, for the table is bountifully spread. If the last year, or two, or more, has meant that you kicked up your faith, your Christianity, in the second gear, you kept the fast, you not only kept coming to our Lenten services, but you, you read more of your Bible, you came to church on Sundays, Rejoice, the table is prepared for you. If the last two years for you meant taking two years off of Christianity, rejoice, the table is prepared for you. As Chrysostom says, feast royally for the calf is fatted. Let no one go away hungry. Partake all of the banquet of faith. Enjoy the bounty of the Lord's goodness. Let no one grieve being poor, for the universal reign has been revealed. Let no one lament persistent failings, for forgiveness has risen from the grave. Let no one fear death, for the death of our Savior has set us free. We are free. And so let's rejoice. The poor are made rich. Those who have failed are forgiven. And those who were dead have been raised. So please rise with me and let's join and rejoice as we sing our festival hymn, He is a Risen, Glorious Word.
Mark 16, 1 to 8. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so they could go and anoint Jesus. Very early on the first day of the week at sunrise, they went to the tomb. They were saying to each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance to the tomb for us? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. He said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. They went out and hurried away from the tomb, trembling and perplexed. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And we pray. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. I'm going to begin by telling you a little story. It's not theologically true. We, we don't actually believe this, but it's just kind of the way these stories start. So there are three guys, and they end up before the pearly gates before St. Peter. St. Peter says, I will let you into heaven if you can tell me what Easter is all about. The first guy looks at St. Peter, and he says, oh, I, I think Easter is all about when we, when we get together and we, we roast a turkey, and it's in November, and, and we give thanks. Peter says, no, that, that's American Thanksgiving. Next guy goes, well, isn't it the time when the, the baby Jesus uh, was born and the wise men gave presents and that's why we give presents too? Peter says, no, that's, that's Christmas and Epiphany. Third guy says, I got this. This is easy. Easter is all about uh, Jesus of Nazareth who was handed over to sinful men uh, to be crucified and laid in a tomb. But then three days later, he comes out of the ground, and he sees a, if he sees a shadow, he goes back in, and there's six more weeks of winter. <laughs> Today, we Christians around the world celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And if that's news to you, praise the Lord. You're in the best place to be. He's risen. That means you are forgiven. You are set free. And that's what Christianity is all about. But honestly, most of us are not surprised. You are not surprised when I yell, Alleluia, Christ is risen. Most of us are, are not surprised that, that we celebrate that Christ has been raised from the dead. You may be surprised, however, to know that we actually believe it. It wasn't just a supernatural resurrection. It wasn't just an illusion. The disciples didn't steal the body and make it all up. And this is clear by what happens early that Sunday morning. Three women show up at the tomb to do what? To anoint Jesus' cold, dead, three-day dead corpse with spices. To give his body a proper burial because there wasn't time on Friday night before the Sabbath started when they couldn't work. They're almost there and they, they realize, wait, how are we going to roll the stone away? To be fair, they had a lot in their mind. They brought a lot of fears with them. 
The one they love most is dead. They've spent all of Saturday uh, fearing that they've wasted their lives to this point. Is this Jesus really who he said he was? Certainly doesn't seem like it. They're fearing the Roman soldiers, who, by the way, should still be there guarding the tomb. No one in or out. Make the tomb as secure as you know how, was the command from Pilate to the guards. And if these soldiers had killed Jesus so easily, what might they do to these women once the soldiers found out they were trying to get in the tomb? But they get there, and they are totally surprised. The stone is rolled away. The guards are nowhere to be seen. Actually, they they might be. They're just, just fainted over on the ground. And most surprising of all, the tomb is empty. On this morning... The guards and Pilate thought their jobs would be done. Don't have to worry about this again. On this morning, the disciples were about to spend the rest of their days locked in a room out of fear of the world, what the world might do to them, what what everything is on the outside world. On this morning, the women arrived expecting, just like we do, that death is final. They arrived fearing what the world might do to them, how they could die too. But on this morning, the whole world got the biggest surprise ever. As the angel said to the women, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who is crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. The women are alarmed. It's not just fear anymore, but but confusion. Worry. Doubt, even. They don't know what to think, what what to believe. You know, women don't need modern science to tell them that death is final, that death is irreversible. You know, some people who who are trying to to disprove Christianity will will say, ah, gotcha. Christianity can't be true because because it's impossible, impossible for people to rise from the dead. Thanks. I didn't know that. This is the most cold, hard truth in all of history, literally. But these women, with their own eyes, are staring at the proof that death has been undone. This is worldview-shattering stuff. And this this really speaks to our age. Our secular ages, we're obsessed with authenticity. Uh, Authentic doubt or disbelief is is thought is better than inauthentic faith or belief, at least in our age. As the Reverend Connor Gwynn has said, our, our secular age has not eliminated belief, but has made belief itself unbelievable. He says our, our zeitgeist is marked by deep cynicism and the question, you don't really believe that, do you? Come on, you don't, you don't believe that. Our superheroes are, are now dark and gritty. Our politicians are, are no longer paragons of virtue or civic responsibility, or, or at least they're not pretending to be. And how many of us are, are suspicious over anyone who seems even just a little bit too nice? Authenticity and truth are good. But when truth is a person, and he is risen from the grave, it means the most unbelievable thing in the universe is actually authentic and true. 
the cold hard truth that death is final is actually a lie. The resurrection means that death can and has been undone. The resurrection means that Jesus actually is the Son of God, who He said He was. It means that everything He ever said must be true. It means the Bible is true. It means significantly that your sins are real. But it also means that your sins are forgiven. This is why the angel says to the women, go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Just as he told you. Jesus had said multiple times he was going to die and rise from the dead. And then the angels say, tell this to the disciples and to Peter. Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times. The one who is overcome by, by his doubt and fear so much so that he even denied the faith. The resurrection means that even Peter's denial has been forgiven. The resurrection means that God is no longer, is not, is not harboring a grudge against Peter or his sin, but that Peter has been completely restored. And the resurrection means the same for you. The resurrection changes everything. The resurrection is the center of our faith. So maybe this surprises you. The golden rule is not the center of our faith. Christianity is not about making good people. Maybe you've heard the, the latest poll from Gallup that for the first time ever, this week, it was found out in American history, the first time ever in American history, the number of those who claim to be members of Christian churches has dipped below 50%. For the first time ever, Christianity is no longer the majority in our country. And while some may be lamenting over this revelation, it's worth noting that our psalm for Easter, Psalm 118, tells us that in view of the resurrection, we should give thanks to the Lord for He is good, for his mercy endures forever. And with God, forever means forever, even when things seem bleak. But I'm actually thankful that now it's harder to pretend that cultural Christianity is actually real biblical Christianity. Nothing has changed. What has changed is that people are now finally being honest. It's no longer culturally advantageous to claim to be a Christian. But this is a good thing. Hear me out. Something happens when we focus on how to make the culture more Christian. When Christianity is confused with, with, with social programs on the left or the right, 100% of the time, 100% of the time, you will be disappointed. When Christians are focused on how to put prayer in the public schools, they stop praying at home. When Christians are, are focused on, on waging social justice programs, they forget the true divine justice they need. Christianity then becomes a religion of the law. What can we do to make others change? No different than from any other religion in the world. And that's rather than what Christianity actually is, a religion of grace. 
When biblical Christianity is confused with cultural Christianity, we, we become so concerned about what Christianity should mean to everybody else that we stop considering what Christianity, what the resurrection actually means to me. However, Mark's gospel and the way the women leave the tomb actually force me to answer this question. He says, They went out and hurried away from the tomb, trembling and perplexed. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Scholars debate over the ending of Mark's gospel. The earliest manuscripts actually end right here. It's shocking. The purpose of Mark's gospel, every gospel is, is different, the purpose of Mark's gospel is to answer the question, who do you say Jesus is? And ending the, the book with the women running away from the tomb in amazement and fear is a pretty powerful way to get you to answer that question. But many more manuscripts have what seems to be an appended ending. And so what likely happened was that the original ending was, was too shocking for many of Mark's original audience. And so Mark himself was actually pressured to, to write a conclusion. And so both endings are divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. But the women leave the tomb trembling and perplexed. They're afraid. The resurrection means that God cannot be just your buddy to pat you on the back when you do some nice good things and obey the golden rule. God has the power over death itself. And he died and rose again to give his new life to you. The women leave in the fear of God. But notice what the women are not afraid of any longer. Death. They are not afraid of death. They are not afraid of the Roman soldiers. They are not afraid of anything in the world. Every fear that they arrived with that morning has been turned on its head. So what fears did you arrive here this morning with? The fear over where your country is going? The fear of the decline of Christianity, the fear of personal failure, the fear of when this pandemic will finally end, the fear of your guilt, your sin, the fear of getting sick, the fear of dying. Three words kill all those fears. Literally. Three words put them in the grave. He is risen. No more fear, no more trembling, no more looking over your shoulder, afraid of death. All that died with Jesus. It is buried in his tomb. It can't harm you any longer. The life of Christ is the death of fear. He is risen. And so let's marvel at the resurrection once again, just like the women. Let's be surprised. Let's marvel in amazement at the unbelievable truth of the resurrection and actually believe it. Let's fear God and let's not fear anything else because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be forevermore. Amen.